This is a warning slash disclaimer. The following episode of Studies in Shadow deals with some pretty deep and dark subjects. The discussions and stories of this episode may be too intense or disturbing for some members of our audience. We advise you not to listen to this episode if you are alone, in the dark, or right before you go to bed. You have been warned. Welcome to the fifth installment of Studies in Shadow. I am your host, Jack Rogers, and as always, I am joined by my awesome co-host, Noah Bazoo. Say hi, Noah. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. Good. I'm excited for this episode. Nervous about it. Just, a little bit. Just because it's, it's a lot compared to what we've already talked about. It's heavy. It is heavy. It's pretty heavy. Um, what was your experience like researching it? I'm curious. Uh, I told my wife this when she came home I was like you know I made the mistake of finishing a lot of the research because I told you this I had done a lot of research already but I did like the last couple things that I wanted to do like the big hitters today Mm -hmm. just so I had it fresh in my mind and I told her I was like I was home alone for like 45 minutes (laughs) and I was looking this up and didn't have any like creepy experiences or anything but I definitely a few times just kind of like looked over in the bathroom I was like hello just making sure that I was alone. I don't know. It just it gave me like a weird like you know tingle up my neck when yeah. I was by myself. I mean, lucky for you, we're recording this episode in your bedroom yeah. in your little side office. Yeah. So it's gonna be awesome, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll just say a prayer before you go to bed. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it felt interesting. I'm not gonna lie. When we started doing this podcast, my dad and I were on the phone, and he gave me a warning. He's like, Jack, just. A word of advice, if you can avoid talking about evil spirits, that might be wise. And I was like, okay. In my head, I was like, you know, I'd love to do that, but you, you got, got to bring it up once in a while. It's a, it's a pretty, yeah. pretty important subject. If you're going to be talking about the light, there's also the dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, last week we talked about ancestral spirits, and I mean, I'm, I haven't named the title yet, but I'm sure it'll have something to do with possession, which is what today's episode is about. Yep. So... Uh, first things first, based off of what you've researched, what is the definition that you came to have be? I can speak. <laughs> what is the definition of possession according to your research? So I actually wrote this down. This is kind of interesting. Uh, just with most things that I look up, if I don't know completely what it means, I just type it into good old Google. Oh, yeah. And I just pressed enter. So I just wrote possession, enter. And... The first definition of possession, it says the state of having, owning, or controlling something. Oh, yeah, you saw the same thing I did. Yeah, and then it has a bunch of sub-things. And the second thing is an item or property, something that belongs to one, and then a couple other things that it talks about. And it's the third definition or version of the word that makes any kind of reference to demons. Yeah. And it says the state of being controlled by a demon or spirit, uh, the state of being completely under the influence of an idea or an emotion being evil. Yeah. And I thought that was just kind of interesting how, you know, when I ask someone what they think of, when I say, what do you, th- when I ask them, what do you think of when I say possession, most, if not everyone I've talked to or who knows this would say something about like 
demons or evil spirits. No. But when you look up the word, you have to go down a little bit to find that kind of dark meaning. Mm-hmm. Well, was, it's because it's a... That was interesting. It's it's a normal word yeah. that is just associated to something dark. Yeah. And it, um, nobody seems to... I mean, we all recognize that's my possession over yeah. here. This is my item. But when you say, oh, yeah, what does possess mean? It's like, oh, demons, not owning something. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Well, to the layman, it's always just going to be owning until you say, but what about demons? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. All those scary movies I've ever watched. Uh, Yeah, I pretty much came up with the same thing. I just wrote the state of being controlled by a demon or spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about the spirit aspect later because there's a couple different kinds. Yep. Um, But starting us off, moving past the definition. Based on what I've seen, possession is never a random thing. No. It's not something that... No. It's it's not a pothole that you accidentally drive over in the road. Um, from what I've seen, individuals are always chosen for a very specific reason. Uh, and most likely, those people are easy targets because they're impressionable, which means the young or the naive. Yeah. Uh, the emotionally unstable or weak, or the willing, as in those who willingly open themselves up to possession, which we see in a bunch of different cultures. It's not super common in America other than, you know, the black arts and kind of your standard version of um, satanic witchcraft. But it is definitely kind of a survival of the fittest things when it comes to possession. They'll always go for the ones who can't necessarily defend themselves as, as well as others. Um, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts about that? I don't I, I when it comes to these kinds of things I was actually looking something up about this about kind of how do demons or how do how does someone get possessed mm-hmm. and like you've said you know it's one of those things where it's like you go looking for it or you voluntarily let them in and I'm sure we're going to talk about this a little bit later but there are and you've already touched on this some involuntary entry points yeah and yeah. it's like, all, I don't want to get into too much of it because a lot that goes into it. But basically, as you've already said, extreme emotions are yes. kind of involuntary yeah. entry points for demons. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I thought that was interesting. And there's a bunch more things I don't want to go into because spoilers for the later on the episode. But I don't know. I just thought it was kind of sad because I was, as I was reading it, I was like, you know, what if someone like loses a loved one or they get yeah. fired from a job? Those are things that you know, trigger intense emotions in the human, in the human being. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me that that's somewhat of a way, like opening a back door without even realizing it for evil spirits or things. It's funny because tragedy, it's funny that you bring that up, bringing up losing a loved one, because tragedy often attracts both ends of the spectrum to come and, I don't want to say tend to, I don't want to say take advantage of either, but use your pain for something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, let's say there's a guy in your neighborhood. Okay, let's say you're a, you're a local pastor, and a guy in your neighborhood loses his wife, and he's an atheist. Mm-hmm. You're probably gonna smell blood and go and try to talk to him about and comfort him about how <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said smelled blood. Yeah, I was like, I, mm. that it reminded me of an Onion article because it's like pastor on the bus finds out man who's an atheist, just lost his wife. And the quote beneath was like, I smell blood. Um, okay. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> It's dark. But anyway, uh, so they, they'll want to, I'm sure most of them are trying to do either kindness of their heart, comfort them, tell them, oh, you know, you'll see them again. 
life isn't the end. Let me help you if you'd like. Um, but also, those people who are in such distraught states are extremely prone to very negative influences. Aside from tragedy and grief itself, those are, those are their own thing. But I'm talking about things that want to feed on that. Mm-hmm. I mentioned in our first episode that emotion is energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's no such thing as immaterial matter. There's always something there. And so I think energy is kind of a matter that they can feed on and really take advantage of. I mean, more like, um, unlike the pastor, they really do smell blood. Mm-hmm. And they want to take advantage of it and just make it 10 times worse. Um, I wrote down that for the unwilling, possession is a process carefully planned out by dark forces seeking for the destruction of the individual and the destruction of those who the individual loves. Because not only is it a possessed person affected, their family's also affected. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really hard to go through, having a possessed family member. I haven't had one. I've known of. Uh, (laughs) It's never been strictly said to me or, you know, sideways said to me. I'm not alluding that I have a possessed member of my family. I don't. (laughs) Spoilers for later. He's got a witch and he's got possessed family members. Yeah, my sister's possessed. Jokes on you. I don't actually have a sister. Um, Wait, what? What? Who did I just talk to? And so let's talk about the process that has to take place in order for possession to take place, starting with those who are unwilling, because talking about the willing is going to take two minutes. It's not going to be that interesting. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> Go looking for it, basically. Yeah. Get a Ouija board. It's pretty much just saying, hey, so-and-so, inhabit me, and then that's <laughs> it. Maybe there's a ritual involved. Doing something a, evil Maybe there's something. a deal. Oh, that's another thing. There's, like, deals made. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been reading The Demonologist. I believe I reference that in the first episode as well. Mm-hmm. It is about the career of Ed and Lorraine Warren. A lot of people say that they're a hoax, but I think that a lot of what they taught in their lectures and seminars about the supernatural and paranormal and evil spirits and whatnot, I think it was already canon at that point. So it was just kind of a good place to go. But I didn't just go to the demonologist for my sources for this episode. Some of it came from there. Some of it came from, uh, believe it or not, a BuzzFeed video about a certain, <laughs> about a certain exorcism case which was very informative, and I fact-checked, and it seemed to be true. BuzzFeed's very reliable. BuzzFeed Blue is the one where they do all, like, the paranormal investigations and stuff. Uh, It's actually really good, and they do in-depth case studies where they just list all the facts of what happened. For those who didn't know, that was sarcasm. BuzzFeed's not trustworthy. (laughs) Sorry to any... uh, Come at me, BuzzFeed. (laughs) Sorry to any uh, of you who work at BuzzFeed listening to the podcast, which is highly unlikely because this is our fifth episode, and we have, like, 25... uh, what is it? Regular listeners at this point. <laughs> it started at like 15, now it's down to 25. So the 25 of you who are left, hopefully more will come along, but we appreciate you. Yeah. This is more for us anyway. <laughs> um, but there are two things that need to happen before possession, and that's infestation and oppression. Now, the thing about infestation is that things never start at a very noticeable level. Mm-hmm. I mean, odd happenings and incidents are carefully planned as to not draw too much attention to the source of the problem, which is, of course, in this case, an inhuman spirit. Yeah. Um, oh, there, you know that, uh, the analogy, the frog in the boiling pot? Yep. You know that one? Okay. Uh-huh. Of course. I'll explain it really quick. 
here's how infestation slash oppression slash slash possession works. Imagine putting a frog in a pot of room temperature water. If you crank the heat up all the way to high, the frog's going to freak out and jump out. As he does, yep. It's going to notice that something's off. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like, uh, nope, and just nope right out of there. (laughs) Um, But if you slowly turn up the heat, very slowly, incrementally, that frog will eventually boil to death, and it won't even really know what happened. Hmm. Because it wasn't noticing the changes. You'd think you'd notice how it started off. You would think. But it's interesting because these types of situations degrade your mental state mm-hmm. to where the the supernatural almost becomes natural to you. Yeah. And as things just kind of slowly start escalating, it takes more and more to really catch your attention. And then things are extreme and everything is just terrifying. And it's hard to jump out. Um, yes. Also, there's that, uh, there's the analogy, the slow blade pierces the shield. Mm-hmm. There's that one. So, like I said, the Warrens have infestation, oppression, possession. Mm-hmm. Now, infestation is going to look like any old haunting. And the danger with that is that people are going to call it that. Yes. They're going to call it a haunting mm-hmm. because it just looks like that. But that's intentional, right? Mm-hmm. So can you think of any cases off the top of your head where people just thought it was a haunting and then just things got way out of hand because they weren't aware? I can't think of one off the top of my head. I mean... Maybe think of one in pop culture. Think of think of like a movie. Oh, like oh, uh, Paranormal Activities. Like all those movies. Yeah. Like they bring a priest over, and I I can't I I I don't think they're bad movies. I just get so scared when I see them. I don't like um, what do you call it? Like live or like a uh, found footage. Films. Oh, found footage. That I freaking scares love found footage, me. Man. Like the Blair Witch Project. Oh man, that's I stuff. haven't seen that. Did you that's know they're making stuff. a video game? Um, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to play it. I'm going to buy it and you're going to play it with me. No. <laughs> but those kinds of movies freak me out because I'm not – it's not like I can understand the characters. It's like, oh, I, I can't see it, but I can't do anything. Anyway, they like call the priests over pretty much in every movie and this might be yeah. totally true. And they're just like, oh, what's happening to our house? And the priest's like, you have a spirit here. It's haunting or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, just say five Hail Marys and four hallelujahs and burn this incense and it'll be good. And they're like, okay, thanks, Father. And he's like, yep, that'll be $500. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he does his thing and they, <laughs> leave. They, he does his thing and they leave. And That's you know, called priestcraft. Yeah. Anywho. And, <laughs> and they do it and they're like, oh, look. And the priest's like, do you feel it? The, the air is thinner now. Or like, it's, it's not as heavy as it was. And they're like, yeah, it totally worked. And then they walk away and you see like the table like catch on fire. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> something's wrong here. That's what I think of in pop culture because they're like, oh, yeah, it's a haunting. Easy fix. But it's just because the demons or, or evil they're spirits. Hiding. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, let's let, let's distract them thinking of something easy solved. And yeah, then we'll bah, get them from behind. Yeah. It's like they want to give them a false sense of assurance. Yep. Because um, they let their guard down. As soon as you're like, "Oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a haunting. There's no. an easy fix for this. It's done. Cool. We're fine now." And you don't even realize that you've left the door open for them. Yeah. So here is the base difference between a haunting and an infestation, and really, it just comes down to the type of spirits that are doing the haunting slash inf- in- infesting. That's the word. Yeah, infesting. Hauntings are done by human spirits. 
of people who have died. Yes. Right. And they're not ready to move on with the next process of life, which is life after death. Pause really quick. So they can move on, but they don't want to, or they're trapped. The only thing that's trapping them, I believe is themselves. Like they're just like chained to an object or a place or a person or not chained physically. Uh Think of like a sentimental attachment. Imagine you were brutally murdered and your spirit can't cope. Like a horcrux, but not like a horcrux. Like it's a, you're not attaching your spirit to something. Your spirit (laughs) is just traumatized or in denial really. Okay. Or it doesn't want to leave the place that it's familiar. I just thought of sentimental value. I was like Tom Riddle's diary. And how he's attached to it. But that's probably not the best explanation. I can't even think of how that ties. <laughs> it's just because, like, he, you know, put a part of his soul into the object. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's kind of sentimental. So I was just like, oh, yeah, like a horcrux. Like, those oh, people. We're talking about just Ma- the, man, whole, okay. the intact soul being in denial, <laughs> not splitting your soul so off into pieces. So the lying to its, the, the whole. The soul is lying to itself. Yes. Ah. Uh, or it's in denial, or it's really sad. I'm not dead. Or it You're doesn't dead. want it doesn't want to not be around family. Oh, that's sad. So basic basic reasons. Yeah. Or it doesn't want to leave the house where it grew up. That's why you'll have you know Victorian mansions with Victorian era ghosts. Maybe mm. they lived there. Maybe they were murdered there, mm. and they're just confused. I'm not dead. You're dead. Or you'll have a very evil person in life. Even an, e- even an evil person can't become an inhuman spirit, which is what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. They just become a very angry ghost. Yeah. A very angry spirit. Is that where you get like poltergeist and stuff like that? Or is that different? So. We'll do an episode on that, I'm sure. No, we're going to talk about poltergeist just because it's, a, it's relevant to this because that's another thing that people get confused with. Um, infestations. Yeah. Um, I've lost my train of thought. We were, ta- we were going to talk about poltergeist. Okay. So inhuman spirits do inhuman spirits do infestations, and that's because they're there as part of the process leading to possession. Hmm. Haunting is kind of just a state, yeah. Whereas infestation is the first step of a process, Mm -hmm. exactly, and that is done by inhuman spirits. Gotcha, because they're uh, methodical and actually plan for destruction, and. One way that infestation can be made easier is by trickery or false visions, sometimes given to children. You ever seen the thing where the kid has an imaginary friend and it actually turns out to be like an evil spirit? Yep. But it's just like, no, it's my imaginary friend. And the parents are like, okay, that's not real. And then it turns out to be real, but terrifying. Another way is to appear to adults or older people as a friendly spirit. Yep. Like in the story of Annabelle the doll. Mm -hmm. If you are familiar with Annabelle the doll, which is featured in the Conjuring movies, but it it is also an actual case done by Ed and Lorraine Warren, the two nurses who got the doll, their apartment was infested by a certain spirit. And the spirit lied, saying that it was the spirit of a little girl named Annabelle. And so naturally, these nurses took pity on this lost little child's soul and invited it to inhabit the doll. Mm. Of course, it is speculative to say that, speculative to say most of what I'm saying tonight, but it's often debated whether or not inhuman spirits can inhabit 
objects because there's really no need for them to. They can be attached yeah, they to can them. Be attached to it, but they. I don't think they can like move around in it and do things. I'm sure they can move it, but they. Yeah. They are not using are it not as using a it. vessel. Yeah. They're not like trapped in the doll. Mm-mm. So it gave them the false image of moving around on its own, but really it was just being manipulated by the inhuman spirit. Lots of terrible stuff happened. Annabelle ended up coming to their friend kind of in a vision and attacking him. And when he woke up, he had massive claw marks on his chest and he was bleeding all over. The sheets were torn to shreds. Yeah. So it's going to lie. Another one that I found not having to do with the conjuring or anything is Robert the doll. Do you, do you know that story, Robert I do not the Doll? Know that it's story. a little no. uh, plain faced doll with a sailor outfit on. Okay, I've seen pictures. It's a, it's a tall rag doll. Yep, yep. Right, okay. and it's it's in the I think it's in a a museum in Connecticut, and you can't take a picture of it without asking its permission. Asking and its permission? Yeah, is you the doll going to gonna say yes or no? I guess so. <laughs> Uh, At I think that it, point, I think if it blinks, it. that means yes. What? They have it in a chair, like suspended above the ground, because you can't touch it, or else you'll die. I'm about to go and high five that thing, uh. <laughs> just for oh. jokes. <laughs> like I touch the rim, jump up on the suspended chair because it's way high up in the air, and Robert's just like sitting on it, or he's in a glass case. Well, LeBron he's could usually. do it. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq's just like yeah. <laughs> um, and when this child owned Robert the doll, it would often cause mischief. And the parents mm. would be like, why'd you do that? And he said, Robert did it. And they never believed him. But yeah, of course he ended not. up like attacking people and whatnot. So again, inhuman spirits appearing to be something harmless, but that's just a facade hiding something more sinister. Also, inhuman spirits can lie through a Ouija board. Um, I'm assuming you did a little bit of research about Ouija boards and possession. <laughs> I did a little bit. Okay. I, I can share that story with my about my experience with a Ouija board. Yeah, go for it. In a minute. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, along with what we've been saying, it's like demonic spirits are, like, they're merciless. They have no compassion. They don't hesitate at the chance to take advantage of somebody. And if you give them the opportunity, they're going to take it. Mm. Hence why. Give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah, exactly. Hence, you know, when Jack's talking about how this spirit was like, oh, I'm a lost little girl. That's their... Like, you know, they're taking advantage of you because... They're nurses. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're... Human beings are compassionate people by nature. Everyone's like, oh, no, we're evil by nature. No, we're compassionate people by nature. If you hear a baby crying, I don't care who you are, you're going to go try to comfort it. If you see someone who trips and falls, unless it's your best friend, who you probably laugh at, you'll probably go see if they're okay. Also, it's, crying babies on planes can shut up. I don't even care. Okay, that's... <laughs> different situations. But it's like they take advantage of who you are and that's why it's important to just pay attention. Because they know you. They Yeah. They've been around a lot longer than we are. And, you know, they've been around and they haven't had to forget everything from before, yeah. or during, or after life and things like that. Um, but I guess, like, the biggest thing that I would just say is, like, just stay away from it. Like, don't, don't think you're cool by, like, dabbling in the occult or doing all kinds of rituals or seances or getting a Ouija board and trying to, like call your grandparents back and, you know, joking with your friends and you're yeah, secretly the one moving it. It's interesting it's how not, many cases start with a teen getting curious yeah. or getting bored. And that's what it is. It's like, you know, there's that quote, you know, that old phrase, curiosity killed the cat. <laughs> how many times has it killed a person too? Like probably a lot mm. more than that. Yeah. But just the fact that it's like, don't dabble in the occult. Don't deal with tarot cards, Ouija boards, necromancy, witchcraft, any of that stuff where you consult evil spirits. 
you're just letting them come in and you're opening yourself for like bondage by evil spirits. So yeah. just chill. Recognize the fact that you have movies that you can watch if you're really that interested in it. You can Google it, but you yourself should not do it. We are not going to do it. Never have, never will, because even though believe in God, believe God is all-powerful, I know the evil is real because if there's good, there's evil, vice versa. If you believe mm. in the devil, you have to believe in God, yeah. vice versa. And if you give it power, it's God. Yeah, it's going to come after yeah. you. That being said, I'm not the most, like, I guess... I don't know. I'm not like some of those people who are like in tune with spirits who can hear them and see them. I'm not like, you no. know, um, Malia from last week. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not like that. I'm not like, um, these, uh, clairvoyant. Like gypsies. Yeah. Clairvoyance. Any kinds of other things. Yeah. Mediums. I'm not anything like that, but I can tell when something stupid is happening. I think we all can. I have this like, I have a bunch of different names for it. Like I call it my angel itch, my angel tickle, or whatever you want to call spider it. Spider sense. Yeah, my spider sense. If you like on the back of my neck, on like the the right back of my neck, just before my neck goes down into my shoulder blade, if ever something like is wrong, I feel like just the slightest like little touch, like there's like a bug crawling, but it's like so light, but I can tell something's there. And I have it for like just casual things. Like if I'm talking to someone, I'm just like, something's wrong. Like they're sad or something, not saying anything. I feel that. Anyway, story about a Ouija board. Um, I'm going to change some of the places and names just so to save face for these people. Go for it. Um, I was at a home and I was chilling out in the living room of this home. Are you changing the name of the rooms too? We were actually in the kitchen. I was in the kitchen. But having, we have to change it to the living room to save face with the... Dr. Pepper. No. Um, it was really a Pepsi. <laughs> name branding. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was in the living room, and I was going to pick someone up. I know certain people listen to this podcast, and I know they would not be happy with me telling the story about them, so I'm doing my best to change it. So don't be mad. If this seems really confusing, it'll make sense in a minute. Please send all complaints to studiesinshadow at gmail.com. Yeah, do it. Um, <laughs> we read it. Um, I was picking up an individual from this home cause it was not my home. And, uh, I was just sitting in the living room waiting for this like party to be finished in the, in the basement. And I'm upstairs on my phone, just doing my thing. And I feel the little, the angel itch. Spiders. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? And I mean, I can hear music from the kitchen or like I can hear adults talking. This was several years ago. And, I'm just like, something's, something's up. Something's going on. And I ignore it, and it keeps happening. I'm like, what is going on? Like, it wasn't like a sick feeling. It was like, something's up here. And so eventually, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go investigate. So I start walking around the, like, the house. It's not, it's not my property, so I'm not going to be walking around every other room. But I, uh, I go to the basement door, and I open it, and it's dark. I'm like, I know there's a ton of kids down there. Like, you know, middle school, eighth grade-esque age. And so I'm like, hello, and there's no reply. And I'm like, I know people are down there. I can hear you giggling. So I start, you know, walking down the stairs, and I see uh, some lights in the corner. And I walk over, and these kids had a Ouija board set up with candles and all, and they were in a circle holding hands while other people did it. That's not just a Ouija board. That's a freaking seance, yeah, man. Yeah, and I was not <laughs> about to have that. And these kids... <laughs> the one who was in charge 
who I was not picking up, this is not the person who I know well, looks at me and says, don't tell my parents, just go away. To which I replied with a very mean word, um, not too bad, but it was a very, very rude word to say, to which I pushed a bunch of little kids out of the way, me being a junior in high school and a bunch of little eighth graders, and took this said Ouija board and ripped it in half. And then I went upstairs and I ripped it in half again. And then I tried to light it on fire, but her mom said no. And so I just like threw it away and I kept ripping it into smaller and smaller pieces. Mm -hmm. And the mom scolded the child for a long time. And the girl who was the one in charge was very angry with me and yelling at me, telling at me that I was like interrupting them talking to someone. And I'm trying to tell this girl, I'm like, I could feel that up here and it did not feel right. And everyone in the room of these kids, save the one person who I was trying to pick up to get out of there, um, felt like it was totally fine. They were like, oh, this was so cool. Like, we could feel the energy in the room. And then the person I was trying to get was like, this felt oh, wrong, but I was scared to, like, Yeah, I was like, I was scared to, like, go away from my friends. Listeners, if your friends try to push you into doing that, slap them first and then walk away. I've, I've left parties before. Yeah. Uh, I've, been to Hall- I've been to a specific Halloween party I can remember in my senior year of high school. And they said, we're going to do Ouija board. And I told them before I went, I said, um, I will not be taking part in this. If you pull out the Ouija board, I'm leaving. Yeah. And the thing that, like... And so they said, okay. The thing that I get to is, like, the fact that the Ouija board in itself is not evil. What's evil is the fact that you're like, hey, spirits, talk to me with this thing. It's like guns don't kill people. People kill people. Yeah. So you're literally saying, hey, use this object as a doorway or a, you know, communications device. Yeah. From, you know, one realm to the next, the spirit world to our world. And it's like, those objects aren't inherently evil, but it still felt good to rip it in pieces. Oh, yeah. Just because, I mean, cheap Walmart plastic. You can buy those at Walmart. I believe it's Target, Target, my bad. It's Hasbro. And it's eight and up. So you have to be 21 to buy beer. So stupid. Uh, But you only have to be eight to summon the devil. To summon Satan. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, so they actually did end up pulling out the Ouija board. They got in the circle. They're like, "All right, we're gonna do it." And I said, "Okay, last chance." If at the I, party you were at. Yeah. Okay. If I see it, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. They said, "Oh, we're just gonna do it. Don't worry about it." And I said, "Oh, I am worried about I'm it. I'm gonna worry about Even it. Even if I leave, I'm gonna be worried about it." Mm. And I said, oh, "Okay, well, we'll just see you at school then." And I said, "All right." And I left. <laughs> if you survive that long, just kidding. And I left, and I I got in the car, and I sent them a message. I was like, "By the way, I'm praying for y'all." Just cause sending Jesus vibes. You want to know what's so funny is um, after I left and told them that I was praying for them and that I was concerned about them, they chickened out and didn't play it. Hey. Or they just wanted me to leave, and so they claimed to have a Ouija board, knowing I would leave. <laughs> I don't think they would pull that kind of stunt. <laughs> Who knows, man? Senior year was weird. I had just moved to Virginia, mm-hmm. and so maybe they hated me. Who knows? <laughs> I doubt it. Um, I I want to doubt it. Anyway. So Ouija board users are often targeted in cases of possession because they're stupid. They're willing. They're one of the willing. They're willing slash unwilling. You open. You bought the box to communicate yeah. with Satan. There ain't no other way. You didn't buy it no, to do Scrabble. No, I bought with. it to communicate with my grandma. No, you bought it. No, to you're something. playing the equivalent of Spirit Omegle. Omegle, however Omegle, you say that. Yeah. Chat roulette type stuff. Yeah. Um, Spin that revolver. It's literally it's Russian roulette with a. With the the spirit world. Yeah. There's only one good one, though, and the rest are all bad. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And they'll lie to you, as we already have established. They will tell you, I'm your grandma. 
I totally, it's like, Grandma, tell me what the name of my dog was. Oh, it was Scrappy or something like that. Yeah. It's because they know they've never died. They're evil <laughs> Scrappy, spirits. he's sitting right next to me. Yeah, it's like, a.k.a. your dog's in hell. jeez. <laughs> but yeah, they will lie to you. So it, nine times out of ten, not to be mean, yeah. it ain't your grandma. <laughs> yeah. Just so back to the process. You were talking about poltergeists earlier. Yes. Because often a symptom, not a symptom, a sign of infestation moving on to oppression is physical activity happening. Not you doing jumping jacks. I mean, things flying around the room. I would never do that. Or breaking. Or levitating and then dropping. Uh, People immediately see that and they say, ah, poltergeist, which in German means noisy ghost or knocking ghost. Are you serious? Yeah. That's a German word. I thought it was such a scary term, but now I'm just like, stop making it out ruckus. So you, you asked about if it's, a, if it's an angry ghost or not. Uh-huh. So it's debated whether or not a poltergeist, this is kind of a tangent, if a poltergeist is actually a human spirit that just has access to kinetic energy and or can take advantage of it. it just knocks things off. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> or it's a living person Ooh. who has developing telekinetic powers and has a lot of emotional energy. This is some like, and they don't even mean to be doing it, but it's just happening. Oh, shoot. What was that movie a couple of years ago about the three kids who had, like, telekinetic powers? Something like that. I have no idea. No, I can't. I don't know what it is. It was the one with the kids on the alien room, and they all of a sudden could, like, make themselves fly by lifting things Chronicle? up. Chronicle? Chronicle. There you go. Yeah. That one ended crazy. Yeah, it was weird. Kid so, emo, yeah, it's, it's, either, uh, it's either a human spirit that's feeding off of emotional energy, or it's a living person who is developing telekinetic powers or they, they're not even going to develop telekinetic powers. They're just in a point in their life where there's a lot of emotional energy and that energy is transferring into kinetic en- energy and things are just happening. Huh? So it's weird. Uh, it's, it's poltergeist kind of a loose term. I'm glad you told me the name now. Cause yeah. now it's not as scary. Whereas a demon oh. is an inhuman spirit literally in league with the devil. Yes. So not anybody who's lived. Uh-huh. We're talking someone who's never lived. Mm-hmm. And is with the devil. The people who've been around since Adam and Eve. Before that. Yeah, even (laughs) before that, yeah. Uh, So when incidences occur more frequently or become more violent, disturbing, personally affecting, that's oppression. (laughs) Now, Noah, what's oppression? Just Uh, base base definition. Oppression. Yes. Uh, If you are being oppressed, what does that mean? Um, (laughs) It was. Yes, yes, you're not wrong. I'm just like, oppression is basically just like you're like under someone's foot and you have to do what they want. That's kind of like domination. Oppression is like, I don't know, you tell me. I have so like a in my head. But oppression, think of somebody saying, I am oppressed. They are being affected in a negative way that is breaking them down. So I was right, Nazi Germany. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Um but just being influenced in a way that is breaking down your will. Gotcha. Being oppressed. And it's it it can be subtle. I would not have gotten that definition. Well, just that hold on, I'm going to Safari. <laughs> no, I trust you. I just I I'm just, just, just going to look up the definition words. of pos- of oppression. Definition of oppression. ASMR for prolonged cruel or unjust treatment or control. That is the definition. Well, there you go, kids. Your word for the day. So in spirit terms, it means they're slowly putting the pressure on you, trying to get you to crack. Yeah. 
And so the idea of that is to break a person down to become more malleable, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, in, in their will or their spirit. So generally when people are oppressed, they will become angrier, sicker, or more depressed or anxious. Oh, man. Yeah, because they're, they're stressed out. Being in a, imagine being in a super stressed out situation where life is oppressing you. Those things are probably going to happen too. You're going to get stressed out. You're going you're gonna to not take as well of care as yourself. Yeah. Uh, you're going to develop anxiety or depression because of your stressful situation. It's it's pretty much just that, but it's not life doing it to you. It's spirits. It's, it's in human spirits. Yeah. I, just thought so, that, I don't know why I just thought of this, but I thought of like how you like make steel and like how you make like how you like melt things down. And like you have this like, you know, piece, you have this iron ingot and you have to like buy it like with nothing else. Like it's pretty solid, right? He's like melted down and yeah. like then it becomes malleable. I don't know why, but I just imagine heat, you heat that. up, heat up steel and yeah. it becomes harder. It becomes to, hardened. But like I just thought of like that malleableness, like the fact that like evil spirits, like kind of like that oppression is kind of like that heat and that pressure they want pushing to shape down you. on you. Yeah. To shape you into whatever tool or object that they can use you for mm-hmm. or use you for other people. And so this next point is going to kind of be what, is going to be returning to what you and I talked about in the car yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. No and I drove to Utah and back uh, to drop off a family member's sister at the airport. But anyway, we, we had discussion of this. And there are actually two types of oppression when it comes to the infestation, oppression, possession process. Mm-hmm. Physical oppression and psychological oppression. Mm-hmm. Now... Would you believe that those two things are caused by different entities? This is what we talked about yesterday. Yeah, I believe it. Mm-hmm. So in Supernatural canon, not Supernatural the TV show, I'm talking about Supernatural actual studies. <laughs> Dean Winch. Studies, quote unquote. <laughs> physical oppression, you know, your physical environment being manipulated, scary things happening, temperatures changing. Yeah, yeah. Voices, all that stuff, crazy writing on the wall. That is done by demons. That is a type of inhuman spirit. Mm -hmm. There is also a higher form of inhuman spirit called a devil. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking the devil. Lowercase d. Lowercase d. Mm -hmm. Sure. Just for sake of this conversation. And if if you want a comparison in kind of the levels that they're at, imagine an angel to an archangel. Mm. Or employee to manager. Mm -hmm. Demons are more day-to-day stuff. You know, manager tells them, go do this today and this today and this today. Managers having them do those things because they have the big picture in mind. Yeah. Demons are sloppy and they're just scary. And so devils let them loose in certain times to time it well. But they're the ones with the plan and they're the ones doing this psychological oppression mm-hmm. because the mind is a lot harder to influence and more complex than physical environment. Yeah. I can, I can grab those scissors and stab you with them Ouch. a lot easier than I can influence you to pick up the scissors and stab yourself. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> no, thank that you. would take some serious manipulation. Yeah. And so obviously a simpleton like me couldn't do that. You would need somebody who really knows what they're doing and has a knack for hypnotizing people to do terrible things. Or promise me a lot of money if I do it. In some cases, you know, selling your soul type stuff. $10 billion to stab myself in the yes. leg. Uh, I pay for that recovery. Pretty much. 
So, in what I've studied, there tends to be this theme of demons and devils. Mm-hmm. Devils are more intelligent. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the higher ups. Yep. They have bigger image in mind. Mm-hmm. And so, they are... It's a war on two fronts, really. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones taking the more complex side. And they're the ones with the actual plan in mind. Uh, they tend to be calmer, is what I've read. I mean, they're still sinister. Yeah. But... You don't have to be psychopath and crazy to and be screaming to, to be, be evil. Scary, yeah. Yeah. To be evil. Think I mean, of like Hannibal Lecter. Think, think of every like evil person in like think of what's his name? Oh Hannibal shoot. Lecter. Yeah, but the guy the guy with the movies we've been watching. Oh man, the murderer guy. I can literally see his face. Zach Efron just played him in the movie. Oh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, yeah. Super yeah. calm, super suave, really, really handsome, as people say. Totally like nice guy. Yeah. But he charmer. happens to just be a psychopathic serial killer. Yeah, but he he was yeah, he planned. He planned yeah, in advance. That's the point. Like, he's a devil. And then a demon would just be someone who's Jeffrey absolutely crazy. Uh, did Jeffrey Dahmer? I don't, I don't know, know much about him. I just know he ate people. Yeah, he just kind of was like ran around and killed people. Yeah, so anybody who just runs around on a killing spree, I would equiv- equivocate. Yeah, equivocate. That more to a demon, mm-hmm. whereas a devil is somebody who... It's a lot more intelligent and a lot more thought out in their actions. Yeah. And, you know, there's some disagreement in these differences. Some people say there's only one devil and it's the devil. Um, but I don't think it's so far-fetched to say that the devil has his favorites. Um, I mean, we have God, you know, God, Jesus, and we have archangels, and then you have other angels. Yeah, and, so, you know, he has, like, his prophets. Yeah, yeah. why wouldn't Satan organize the same the same way i mean yeah. he came from heaven he was cast out so why wouldn't he build it the same way that his, he saw his it? most trusted yeah they're his most wise i guess you could say um in the demonologist the warrens express how the ultimate goal of oppression is to cause a momentary lapse or multiple lapses in self-control now based off of that why do you think that is why do you think they'd want a momentary lapse of control because as soon as you give up control there you either do something dumb or you leave yourself open give him an inch he'll take a mile yep that's exactly what it is. It'll widen the doorway for possession to take place. Now, do you have anything to add before we move on to actual possession? No, I have a lot of stuff about actual possession. Okay. But, I mean, the thing that I would say along with that is just that kind of that momentary lapse in judgment hmm. is like, I mean, one of the things that I looked at is just we already are kind of already talked about this. Like, how are you, you know, how does it transition from depression to possession and, you know, Oppression, like we said, mild to severe harassment, um, and then possession, on the other hand, is a state where yeah. demons have full access. Anyway, um, one of the things that I was reading about that was really interesting was just, like, what causes people. Like, that momentary, like you said, that that, that opening, that little lapse in judgment or that little, like, pause. Things boiling over yeah. and they just let go. It could be, like, the fact that, like, let's say you had, like, a drug addiction and, like, you'd been, like, pushing it off. You'd been, like, doing really good. You'd been very sober. Yeah. And all of a sudden you snap back to it. Because the temptation is so strong. Yeah. Addiction to alcohol. Tons of different kinds of things. If you're sick, if you have a disease, something passed yeah. on from one family or another. It's just, like, all these little things that just, as soon as you kind of, like, let it go no. or, like, take it, don't take it seriously, they sneak in that Or way. something a little bit more drastic. There's those tragic cases of people who are schizophrenic. Yeah. A lot of times I've heard it's actually, like, children and they're schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. And for years, voices are in their head telling them to kill their sibling mm-hmm. or a family member. And ultimately, they give in mm-hmm. because it, the temptation is just too strong. Yeah, it's Obviously, those, those people are hard to take 
are hard to hold accountable because their thoughts aren't entirely their own. No. I mean, everything's happening in their head, but they have a sickness. And that, that is the thing. We'll talk about mental illness versus versus um, possession later because I do think there is um, an unhealthy amount of misdiagnosis that leads to a lot of people's ultimate misery, not even having to do with possession. They're just untreated, sick people. Um so like I said, possession is the penultimate stage of the process. I say penultimate because there's only one of two things that can happen after somebody's been possessed. Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head, what do you think those are? Kill, die. Death or? Murder? No. Exorcism. Oh, I was like, the two things they do, kill or die? No, yeah. the, the two things that are bound to happen. Oh, yeah, no. Exorcism or possessed. death. Either yeah. they wilt away and die, they do something and hurt themselves, they do something and somebody else kills them, mm-hmm. or... Uh, an exorcism takes place. Gotcha. Exactly. So, possession. At this point, an inhuman spirit has taken total control of a person's body and mind. I guess you could say trapping the person's consciousness in kind of a hellish state, and it's pretty much impossible to escape. One thing I think about is Get Out, the movie. Yep. You know, being trapped in the... In the sunken place. The sunken place, while other people are in control. Mm-hmm. Re- really, now that I think about it, that's a pretty good... Uh, comparison, Example, yeah, pretty good comparison of what possession is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trapped and something else is in control or they're highly suggestible. So signs of possession, I'm sure you did a little bit on this. So mm-hmm. add anything if I didn't get it. Superhuman strength, yep. speaking in foreign languages that the affected shouldn't know. Knowledge of things that the affected shouldn't know or like hidden secrets about people around them. And frequent obscene and blasphemous behavior and high effectivity by religious objects. And they're also most of the time in dangerously poor health that could result in death if not treated. Mm -hmm. Did I miss anything? Some of the things that I have are the fact that, you know, sometimes they often include, uh, erased memories they sometimes can like get into your memories and like change your memories take them away your personality can be totally changed by it you can have convulsions fits Mm -hmm. um you pass out like you've already said the whole hidden knowledge foreign things um their vocal imitation changes the way they sound their facial structure sometimes changes they sometimes have injuries scratches bikes narcs lesions superhuman strength you already said that um and it's just all kinds of different things like that self-mutilation um ability to perform behaviors outside of the realm of what most people can do. Yeah. I'm basically just adding on to the things you had. But, yeah. And then, obviously, the other things where it's, like, levitation and, you know, doing crazy things like being able to, like, breathe and not being able to breathe or all kinds of different things. Okay. Cool. Thank you. So I'd like to share a recorded example of a possession and exorcism, if that's okay with you. What? Yeah, okay. Awesome. I didn't know we were doing this. <laughs> so there is a famous case of an exorcism. This actually went to court because it was such a huge deal. Mm. They didn't, like, sue them while they were possessed or anything. That would be weird. Uh, this is the case of Annalise Michelle, mm. and it was a possession case that took place in Germany during the late 1960s to the mid-1970s. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Uh, yes. She was a, a fairly young girl. And throughout a few years, she kept having these fits Mm. that 
doctors were calling seizures. She was, you know, blacking out and convulsing, stuff like that. I mean, scientifically, yeah, that's what a seizure is. Yeah, I mean, if I'm a doctor and somebody's passing out, I mean, you don't always have to be shaking to have a seizure. No. There's those people who just sit there and they're having a seizure and they just can't move. Those are scary. Yeah. But, I mean, all seizures are scary. But that one's really scary because you have no idea that it's even happening to the person. They just look like they're frozen. Yeah. And so she was prescribed with medicine for epilepsy. Uh, Unfortunately, activity picked up and family members started to hear knocking and voices that didn't belong to anybody in the house. Mm. Now, this is what would be called infestation on its way to oppression Oppression, phase. Yeah. I mean, I would say that she's already been oppressed kind of from the beginning. Yeah, from what it sounds like, yeah. And... Uh, Or maybe she really was having a a health problem and evil spirits took advantage of her weak state. Yeah. Maybe the infestation and oppression didn't start until... The seizures started. The seizures started on their own. It could have been a perfectly natural thing. So Annalise would also have lots of visions that disturbed her, uh, freaked her out, really graphic, violent images. They would have foul scents. Um, senses and smells. I, I should have brought this up. Uh, another sign of inhuman infestation and oppression is the smell of sulfur. Sulfur. Sulfur or human excrement. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, the family reported smelling burnt feces. Which ew. I can't even imagine. What I don't that know what it's like. what that smells like. I don't know why the family could <laughs> know what that smells like in the 1960s, no less. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> Anyway, things took a turn for the worse in 1975. She was barely sleeping. She had a lot of disturbing behavior. She became aggressive, and apparently she would eat bugs. Yeah. Yeah. And she also exhibited superhuman strength. Mm. There's a story about her holding an apple and squeezing it with one hand, and it just explodes without effort. Dang. Uh, She also tossed her sister. At the time, I believe she was 80 pounds. The sister or no. the girl herself? Annalise. Annalise was herself. 80 pounds and she could toss people. Hmm. Uh, and so this resulted in the first exorcism taking place in late September of 1975. During the session, she claimed that multiple evil spirits were inside of her. Oh, by the way, I should note that this whole thing inspired the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I haven't seen it. Oh, I don't like that movie. You've seen it? Yeah. Okay, so then you this might sound familiar. She claimed multiple evil spirits were inside her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually listened to the audio recordings. Uh, a couple I can think of are Kane, she said, was inside her. She said Hitler was inside her, which kind of goes against the inhuman spirits thing. Yeah. It's maybe them. Um, Once again, liars. Yeah. Uh, total, I think there were five or six spirits that she claimed to have inside of her. Oh, well, they were claiming to be inside her, pretty much kind of following the we are we are one of many sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And also inside the claims during this possession, she claimed that an ancient religious figure was actually inside of her. I believe his name was Fleischmann. He was an mm-hmm. ancient monk who was uh, excommunicated because he was doing bad stuff. And so random German girl knows about this priest from like the 1400s. There's no way she would know. It's such a random vague fact to know unless she was studying 
you know that specific thing <laughs> uh disgraced disgraced monks and priests so that actually freaked out that actually freaked out the exorcist that's before the internet so like how do you how would you even know these things like do they keep records of these things it's yeah. a library it's a german library um so at this point she weighed under oh no so things just kept escalating mm-hmm. and getting worse and worse and worse uh in the end, she weighed under 70 pounds wow. when she died of starvation and dehydration on July 1st, 1976. So in the course of a year, she was never given medical help. Uh, actually, despite efforts from one of the priests, he brought his doctor friend over and Annalise was begging not to be medically treated. Hmm. So that was weird. But what did she have? She had... I believe around 70 or 80 exorcisms within the wow. course of a year. And they just resulted in her death. And so the parent, the reason I say it went to court is because her parents were charged with negligence. How? That doesn't make sense. How are the... How, okay, well, okay, you have to think about it this way. Uh, you're a judge. You don't believe in that. And okay, I see that. A, but a parent's like... kid has not received medical help, is not eating, and... I, I just get died that, of but starvation. At the same time, if they would just like explain to them, be like, "You might not believe it, but we do," and this is all the things that we went through. Like, you you can't like be blame the parents for doing what the priests say or something well, like that. It's the same thing today, you know, with those parents who just believe in faith healing. Anti-vax moms. <laughs> yes, that's that is one group. I'll say um, it. You don't have to. Okay. Uh, yes, faith healers who their child dies. They are also charged with negligence. Mm -hmm. So can you see how that would be similar in this case? Yeah. The child starved and died and got no medical help whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that is the story. That is a very unfortunate, I mean, I could talk about the case about talk about the court case, but that's not really relevant. Um, what's relevant is that it sucked and it was just a very sad case. Um, it is sad. And even to this day, people still argue that people still argue over whether it's mental health problems versus depression or uh, just uh, mental health problems versus possession. Yeah. Um, What's like at that point? It's like, is there a difference? Either way, the person needs to be treated. But the thing is, the person is going to be treated two very different ways. Mm hmm. Depending and, on what ends up being the case. Yeah. And both sides are disagreeing with each other on what it is. Yeah. And it's it's frustrating, you know, um, especially today. I know it doesn't have to do with possession, but the, the faith healing parents, you know, their child dies from like polio or whatever. I don't know the exact thing that happened. I remember reading a story about a, like a five-year-old kid who died and the parents were faith healers. And I think they were sent to jail, which is good. You don't get to neglect your kid. I mean, if my kid started exhibiting those symptoms, wouldn't you try to get the medical help? Yeah, and then if it, I'm not going to be... jump straight to possession. No, because that's like the thing is, is like no matter if you believe in it or not, like yeah. we live in a world where like you know the scientific theory yeah. is inactive. Is in is active. And this is this is post World War II Germany. They had such good medicine. They because they performed so many inhumane tests during World yeah. War II. So they're medicinal knowledge far exceeded was insane it was was so ahead of its time didn't happen the right way Uh, but it happened but they still have it yeah yeah so you know what something interesting is yeah 
You know there's levels to possession? I mean, I know there's, like, different violent stages but yeah. of possession itself. I didn't realize there was levels of it. And just, like, talking about, like, the different aspects of it. And, uh, I mean, the first step is, like, how possession is just, like, the, the, the inhumane spirit has, like, 25% control over the person. Mm-hmm. And then a moderate possession is when it's, like, 50% of control is given to the evil spirit. And then severe possession is 75% above to mm. the evil spirit. And it's like, hmm. Yeah. Just a little side note that I was thinking about. Like, wow, yeah. that's interesting. I mean, I've, I've heard of – I've heard exorcism stories from actual family who went on religious missions mm-hmm. of, you know, this girl who was – Possessed, and this was in a foreign country, and she would, you know, wake up, be saying things in a super crazy voice that she shouldn't be able to use, sort of mm-hmm. a thing. And then she would pass out, wake up, and be herself again, and say things like, they're going to get more, and then pass out, and then what? wake up back in a possessed state. Uh-oh. I'm not going to share this, <laughs> the full story, because no this happened to a family member, and I didn't ask for their permission to share details. But that's that's kind of the gist of it. Jeez. So I can believe the levels thing. Yeah, jeez. Um... What I also notice is that there's stories of possession all throughout history in different cultures throughout the world. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the first one I thought of was Legion. Yep. In the Bible. And what is that, like Mark um, 8.30 or something like that? I think it's like Mark 22 or something. I'm going to find it. I wrote it down. Well, I have it. I don't have the scripture written down, but I have the actual Luke story Luke 8.30. Dang, I had the wrong book. I had the right scriptures. <laughs> so pretty much the gist of it is it's a there was a man who lived by the sea of Galilee. He actually lived in a cemetery, mm-hmm. red flag. He was chained up for his dangerous behavior. He constantly wailed and would cut himself with stones. Uh, Jesus, long story short, Jesus showed up and the demons begged him not to hurt them and just to be cast out into a herd of swine, pigs. And so they left the dude and like, I think it was like 2,000 pigs or something. I don't know how many it was. It was a lot of pigs. Yeah. All the pigs went insane and ran off a cliff and died. Yeah. Um, did you know, so... But I you remember it. what he says, though, like, you're, the whole thing that he says, Jesus, when the guy comes up, they're like, master, master, you know, please help, like, don't hurt us, help us, and Jesus says... Doesn't he just what's, say, go? What's your name? Oh, he says, and I then, am legion, for we are yeah, many. Yeah, he says, legion, because we are we are many, yeah. and then he's like, just, you know, he just tells him to go yeah. into the pigs, and then all the farmers, if I was a farmer there, I'd be like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> I needed those pigs. So there's also... Voluntary, voluntary possession. First thing I could think of was voodoo. Ooh, good or stuff. Or like Haitian voodoo. Mm-hmm. So in their culture, spirits, dark or otherwise, are actually seen as useful for certain purposes, hmm. such as diagnosing and treating health problems. So let's Ooh. say a medicine man is will channel a dark spirit, and that dark spirit will like wake up and mm-hmm. communicate through the person and pretty much talk about what's wrong. Yeah, like, my lungs are filling with blood. Yeah. Yeah, that person. No, like, the medicine man is talking about the other person. Like, that person needs to have this done to them. Mm -hmm. They have it done. Uh, They also communicate with ancestors through this. And, yeah, that's their main source of communicating through spirits is through possession. Mm -hmm. And then you have modern-day American, you know, not just American, but just black magic or witchcraft. Uh, which is using dark rituals. Uh, the users of black magic call in inhuman forces for help, either to cause harm or bring personal prosperity. Losers. You ever heard of selling your soul to the devil? Yep, go to a crossroads. And <laughs> you, you know what happens when you sell your soul? 
Uh, you go to hell. Uh, well, a debt. Well, I, th- I believe <laughs> the debt needs to be paid because mm-hmm. you've made an agreement. And so, the, sure, the things may happen. They may live a super successful and prosperous life. Money just finds them, comes their way. They get all the men or women they want, drugs, pretty much anything. Their life is amazing in terms of the world. Their life is amazing, but they don't have a big picture in mind. Nope. And they think that they're just going to, you know, I'll be Satan's pal. Um, he doesn't want you to be his friend. Well, he wants to ruin you yeah. and make you miserable and then pull you down to hell forever. Misery loves company. Yep. And that's what he is. So there is a grim price to pay yep. with deals like this. And the thing is, you'll never be ready to pay it. Nope. You'll reach your old age. You'll be like, I've lived a good life. And then they come and collect and you realize that it wasn't worth it. Nope. And that it's going to cause you a world of hurt. Now, I am not one to say that it's ever too late to turn around Mm -hmm. because I'm sure in even situations like that, there are things you could do, but I'm not saying it would be easy because you've, you've benefited a lot from terrible things. And so that is, that's the willful possession that I brought up earlier. Hmm. What else do you have? I can share that story if you'd like me to. Which story? Ronald or Roland, whatever his name oh, is. Oh, Roland Doe. Yeah. Okay. Just give like a little thing. Sure, give a little blurb. So I told you like you kind of like gave me the idea to, to look this one up, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I knew this story already. Not perfectly, but I did just because y- you'll see. Do you know where it happened? Germany. Uh, <laughs> The one that inspired The Exorcist? Yeah, Roland Doe. It happened in Germany. It was a German boy. Not this one. <laughs> Not this story that I'm reading about. Really? Yeah. What does yours say? My story and the one that I've always heard growing up. <laughs> it took this family. This It's a trouble boy. So it starts off this story, the true story of The Exorcist. Um, that 1973 film. Hated it. Um, it begins in the li- late 1940s. In suburban Washington, D.C., yeah. family named the Hunkler, Hunkler or something like that. 13-year-old boy, his names, he's believed to be named Ronald and later referred to pseudonymously. Or, uh, what is it, Robbie Mannheim? I'm yeah. looking at it right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, among other names, uh, was despondent over the, love of the, over the loss of his... I don't know why I thought it was in Germany. Well, the story you just told was about Germany. Yeah, and I remember looking up Roland Doe, and I was like, oh, Germany. Yeah, no, no, Anyway, no, no. continue. Yeah, say, uh, his aunt, Harriet, passed away, and she actually taught him how to use a Ouija board and stuff, and he loved this woman. Anyway, um, 1949, she, after she dies, Ronald begins to experience some strange things. He hears scratching. He was born into a German Lutheran family. Okay. There we go. You got it. That's where it is. That's That's where I found German. I was like, I promise I'm not wrong on this part. (laughs) Um, Anyway, he, he, you know, he, some strange things are happening shortly after his aunt dies and uh, the scratching sounds coming from the floor and the walls of his room, you know, water drips inexplicably uh, from pipes and things like that. So his family's like, oh, we need help. And so they, Go counsel doctors, psychiatrists, uh, the local Lutheran minister, um, but they really have no help, and so they decide they're going to go find assistance from Jesuits. So, 
Aren't those like Spanish missionaries? Uh, yeah, and yeah. like there, they there's a bunch of things now with it. Anyway, so they uh, go look for some Jesuits, and uh, you know he things keep getting worse and worse and worse, and at the point that uh, they actually one night come into his room. I don't know why I'm laughing at this. You'll see why I'm laughing at it. Uh, and like uh, he, like I said, he had scratches and claw marks all over his body, mm-hmm. and like he had the word Lewis. Like L O U I S written on his chest, like somebody had carved it into his Lewis. chest. Yeah, it's a terrifying name. So, like you do, you go to St. Louis, where I'm from. What? <laughs> and they go to St. Louis, <laughs> and because they've got family there, and they go down there. And St. Louis University, SLU, for all those who know, it's been around for a long time. It's a Jesuit school. Even now, like I'm from there, I went to high school at Parkway West High School. They have. SLU, S-L-U-H, St. Louis University High School, and they have SLU, S-L-U, St. Louis University, and they're big, you know, the, co- the high school is a private boys, you know, private Jesuit boys school. Mm-hmm. The college is a, you know, it's a private college, I'm pretty sure, might be a public St. Louis University, I don't remember. Anyway, um, not necessarily just for Jesuit kind of thing, but back then it was, anyway, um, so they go there, and just from the things that I remember in the story, like, he ends up, like, things getting worse and worse and worse, and one day they walk in, there's this giant X carved into his chest, and people believe that the X symbolizes ten, which was, like, there's ten spirits in him or something like that, and they were, like, marking him to show, like, we own him. Yeah. And then you just, you know, there's a constant struggle against evil, and then, I mean, he's just bad, 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 and, you know... He's like, like things go from like the craziest things to the crazier and crazier shouting, spitting red lines going like down his skin, like his veins glow red and they like move down his body. Mm. He's cursing, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, one thing that the movie does that never happened to him in the movie, the girl's head spins 360, never did that in the real life. No, he just would like say things in different languages. Um, and he just like a lot of the things in the movie, like, using a crucifix to do inappropriate things with did mm-hmm. not happen. But he basically just like spoke different languages, like called priests and all kinds of different things, awful names. He would like get terrified of um, crucifixes. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the standard. The you know, standard thing. Anyway, standard. That happened in, that happened in St. Like Louis. <laughs> that's always it's always kind of fun to know about. Nice. Yeah. That's just an interesting I mean, not story. nice. Terrible. But yeah. my goodness. Well, that is all the – that's all the info I have. We covered a lot tonight, didn't we? We did. I have a little bit more. Uh, please, by just, all means. Just a tad. I know. Go for it. I don't know if we have to. We want me to wrap up right now. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, one we haven't th- we haven't beaten our, our score of longest podcast yet. You've got <laughs> not it. yet. You've got a few more minutes uh, for that. Just one last thing before I give my two cents and I'm done. Uh, just because we're talking about possession, I was going down that rabbit hole of Satan and stuff like that. I got to the number six six six, and I was like, oh. huh interesting i always you know my whole life you know the number six 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 oh it's evil it's the devil's number the monster ah. can is three hebrew numbers for six yeah. have you seen that i've seen that like crazy mom yeah. who's like yeah, oh the yeah three the three claw marks are actually the number six in hebrew i think it's just so a it's mo- six 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 for monster <laughs> i don't drink those. probably anyway uh six 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 literally means a name like a name the number six 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 is the number of the name of the coming of the antichrist and if you've read the Bible or any basically spiritual book out there, there are lots of antichrists. 
mm. that talk about people who come, show up, and they're like Lots preaching of those against in pop God. pop culture too. Yeah, exactly. And they so, usually bring about the apocalypse with y- them. Yeah, and an antichrist, like there is the antichrist that like all Christians know about because he's like the baddest baddie, right? But there's little antichrists that do things, you know, here and there. Well, seriously, there yeah, are. There yeah. are guys that like they come, and if you're against Jesus Christ. And you're with Satan and you're alive, you are an antichrist. That's just what it is. Anyway, giving a number to a name is called gematria, gematria, which is a Greek practice of adding up the letters in someone's name. So the hit, hmm. that number, 666, is a name. And it, it's the name of the antichrist, but nobody really knows how to get that name out Weird. of it. Wait, so if you were to, to add up the letters in my name, what would it be? Wait, is this it like is ancient Greek, dude? I don't what? remember. I don't oh know how goodness. they did their like numbers back then. That's it's called, Look it up. Gematria. G E M A T R I A. Ancient Greek practice. You'll, you'll put it on the website when that. I will. When that goes I will. Up. Um, it's also known as the mark of the beast. Yeah, but that's not the devil. That's just like the thing the Book of Revelations talks about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the point I want to get with that is the fact that never once in all of Scripture does six 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 mean the devil. And I just think that's really interesting that we're talking about possession and how people like in these mm-hmm. horror movies or like they'll walk into a place and 666 written in blood and stuff like that. Yeah. That's not the devil's like signature. What it means is it's, it's, it's just a reference in the Bible to talk about a man who will come in the last days of earth in the last days of like, you know, before Armageddon happens and Jesus comes back and it's a big party, but there's a bunch of bad things that happen first. Um, people we've made it into something bad. Like we gave it so much, you know, power, power, that number so much like clout, but really it's just a, a mark of the beast, which even then in the book of Revelations, it talks about something with like four heads, seven horns or 10 horns, something like that. I don't remember. Seven heads, 10 crowns. Yeah. And it's like, man, like, I don't really know what that means. Totally. But so just a, like a side thing, 666 does not mean possession, does not mean the devil. It just means antichrist. So I guess when you see that, it just means that it's just kind of like writing my like Noah was here. It's like the Antichrist, like, hey, I was here, but yeah. he's not it's here It's kind of just like an inhuman spirit middle finger written on the wall. Yeah. I guess you yeah. could say. Yeah. Exactly. But that's like, I mean, that's the last thing I had to say. But uh, I can say my last two cents if you want. You go for it, You can say your thing if you want. Please go for it. Um, I'm going to be really blunt. People make it sound like it's a way bigger deal than it is. This is like possession and evil spirits. Um, and it is bad, obviously. If you're a good person, if you're even a remotely good person or decent person, you'll be fine. Unless you actually go looking for these things, you'll be fine. Because if the devil is real, then God must be real. Because we always know there's that, you know, opposite kind of force of nature. Mm-hmm. And there's that law of opposition that exists, you know. So if you don't believe in God, you believe in the devil. You do believe in God. If you believe in God, but you don't believe in the devil, you do believe in the devil because there is that balance. Anyway, I know that God is real. So the idea that some people can be randomly dominated at any time by the pure evil that is Satan is a lot more fluff than truth. Yeah, it's Hollywood. It's just Hollywood. Everyone who is I've talked to said they get ideas from the movie or TV show and it comes back to that stupid movie, 1973, The Exorcist. That movie really was the first of its kind. It really messed people up. I have people in my family and people who I'm really close with who have like told me, never see it. Never see it. I, have I haven't very, seen it. No, I don't plan on seeing it. Um, but people who just like look like I believe in God, but that movie was so messed up. And people – I've like heard stories of people who lose faith in God when they see that movie. It's a movie. 
It's not even factual. If you read it, first of all, it's a boy, not a girl. Second of all, all the things that happen in the movie are exaggerated Hollywood fluff. Yeah. Stuff like that. But people really felt that God had no power because of this movie. And they were just like convinced, like, if the priest can't fix it, God must not be real. Yeah. And Hollywood convinced people to lose their faith. And it's just nonsense. So here's, here's the last thing I'm going to say. Truth of the matter is this. Hollywood and our own stupidity have made possession what it is today. It's a fact. We've expounded it and created this big uh, mystical thing that it is. Um, we've created this image in our mind of what the devil looks like or what he does. I'm going to tell you right now, most of you are wrong. Um, I'm just saying. Most people picture the devil with like, he's red. red horns and yeah, goat hooves horns, and a big goat red tribes. Yeah, a tail. I keep and using that voice, the freaking yeah. witch trials voice. Without yeah. the witch. He, he's like, hiding under your bed and he's looking for like to eat you or kill you or take your soul down to hell. Uh, that's not true. It's a lot more scary what the truth is actually. So the truth it's appealing is, to you? Yeah, it's, the truth is Satan's not a monster who hides under your bed or in your closet and he's not some red monster that has a horn's tail, has uh, hooves and his trident. He doesn't hunt people down and try to kill them or possess them on a daily basis. In reality, Satan is like your best friend. Now, before anybody freaks out, let me explain what that means. You're Satan, um, Noah. He's the voice you hear in your head that tells you it's okay to take that candy bar without paying for it. The voice that justifies when you do something wrong or evil mm. or mean to somebody. The one that says it's okay. Helps the, you feel comfortable yeah, doing bad the things. voice of a friend when you feel angry and that voice that tells you you're right to be mad. You should be mad. You should take it out on them. You should go, you know, take action. Hit them. Take them. Key their car. You know, take them back because they wronged you. He's not some loud monster that screams at you from underneath your bed or tries to eat you or comes out and just boof. That's turning up the heat way too fast. Yeah, he's exactly the frog thing. He's the guy who sits next to you on the park bench who talks to you like he's your friend. There's this famous line from this movie that I love where the, one of the characters says, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. And it's so true because he's convinced so many people that he isn't real so that he can do whatever he wants mm -hmm. because, oh yeah, there's no devil, so it can't be the devil, but he's there. So I believe, I like, this is something that I created in my mind. I'm kind of a genius. Uh, the second greatest trick, this is my thing, this is Noah's okay. speech. The second greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people that if he did exist, he's some big scary monster. And not. So they wouldn't know what to look for. He's some big scary monster. Ah, and the truth smart. is the fact that he's sitting next to you the whole time whispering in your ear like your friend giving you good advice that inevitably will take you down to hell or do bad things mm. so his goal is to ruin your life and to ruin everybody else's life around you don't listen to him no you're not going to find him under your bed you're going to find him next to you when a decision is faced on whether to say something nice or say something rude he's the one there and just like the boiling water he's going to start you off small tell your mom no tell your mom that you hate her and then there's another step and another step. And pretty soon, you're doing things that you never thought you'd ever do before. That's mm. my two cents. Don't listen to him. Thank you. Evil. So that's your, that's your word from the wise Noah yeah. for today. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. It was, it was nice. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today, everybody. If you enjoy this podcast, we would really appreciate it if you would share with your friends. Uh, share the links from SoundCloud or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you use your social media. We would love to grow our audience because we would love for more people 
to come and learn with us and suggest what we should do because we like to listen to the people who listen to us. So you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Username Studies in Shadow. For all inquiries and requests, you can reach us at studiesinshadow at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, one big word. Music composed and produced by Jack Rogers and Matthew Gonzalez. This has been Studies in Shadow. Thank you for listening, and be safe.